and welcome to Cheer Up, Buddy, the Sad Man Movie Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Riddy. And this week we're talking about What We Do in the Shadows, the 2014 comedy horror directed by Taika Waititi and starring Taika Waititi, Jermaine Clement, and Johnny Bruff. Ridwan, how'd you like What We Do in the Shadows? I liked it. I saw it a long time ago, long before like the TV show was announced or anything like that. And uh, it's been one of my like favorite movies. It was very uh, different uh, when it came out. But that was something that I wanted to ask you about is um, this came out almost 10 years ago um, and it helped uh, popularize the mockumentary, I think is how you pronounce that word. I I believe that is correct. (laughs) Rewatching it recently, like it does feel like the documentary has like lost a little bit of steam. And I just, is it like a fresher, was it a fresher concept 10 years ago? And I'm thinking of like seeing The Office ad nauseum and then what we do in the shadows, the TV show and Parks and Rec and Modern Family and Borat and uh, Bruno and Borat 2. Uh, how do you feel about the mockumentary now, you know, well after the movie's release? Well, I, as people here, I fucked up on the intro. I meant to do the description of the movie. For those who don't know, it's a mockumentary documentary set in Wellington, New Zealand, following the lives of a group of vampires who live together as roommates. Now you know why I'm cursing at the very beginning and cutting off Riddy. Uh, but as to his question, if the mockumentary is done right, it still holds up. The Office definitely set a very high bar for that model and i think the unique thing about what we do in the shadows for the film was that i think you like you lumped in the the bruno and um ollie g and the and the borat stuff like i guess i feel like that's technically under it but it's more i feel like it's more of like a prank show so Mm -hmm. i i don't lump that together with this but overall i tend to enjoy the format i love the american office i'm one of the heathens who never watched the uk one I love what we do in the shadows, the movie. I'm a huge fan of the TV show. So I think as long as the format, the material being covered is entertaining enough, the format is almost secondary. It's not even, it's so ubiquitous now. It's not even really noticeable. I feel like. I thought you were going to say for a second there that I don't lump uh, what we do in the shadows, the movie in with the TV show, which uh, would be a, a difficult sort of thing to separate. It seems like, but. Well, are you familiar with the show at all? Yes, I am familiar with the show. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not... they're, yeah. they're, they're canon. That's I know, canon. they're canon. Well, the same universe. I was going to say that. And then also uh, the cops uh, in the movie are in Wellington Paranormal. Paranormal. Um, like I said, I was a big fan of the movie. So I, I checked out Wellington Paranormal, which is pretty good. Um, if I can pronounce the word paranormal correctly. Um, and then uh, the TV show. Um, and so um, that kind of brings me to another question. Uh, is it too much Taika Waititi? Um, you know, recently and again, off the top of my, like, so I saw this movie, became a big fan of his, saw um, Search for the Wilder People, um, I think is the name of that one. It the, is. That's That movie's fantastic. That's another the, great the movie. Sam Neill movie, right? Sam Neill movie, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be on our list. And if it isn't, I'll put it on there. Because um, those are sad boys and men. No objections here. <laughs> uh, but there, you know, but recently, just off the top of my head, there's the what uh, we do in the shadows TV show. There's Thor: Love and Thunder. There's Reservation Dogs. There's Our Flag Means Death. Um, and I've seen sort of the discourse on Reddit before I exited Reddit in the Great Reddit Purge um, that there's too much Taika Waititi going around. And so, 
uh, I wanted to ask you about that too. And like, what do you, you feel like you see him too much now? I do feel like we may be reaching critical mass with Taika Waititi just because in real life, his persona has become so sort of cartoonish, which is not wrong, but I think everyone's got like a expiration date at some point. And not that I dislike the man or his work. I mean, the last Thor was not Mm. good, (laughs) but, um, but I, I still am, I still consider myself a fan of his and, you know, I think maybe it's just too much in a short amount of time. And that's not his fault. He's just a hot commodity and he usually does great work. So everybody wanted a piece of him and get it while it's good, I guess. So I can't fault him entirely. <laughs> but uh, I am looking forward to the second season, what uh, Our Flag Means Death. I know that's coming out soon. So I know I'm going to be watching that. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was no, going to say, I... except for Lauren, uh, Lauren Thunder, Thor Love and Thunder. I like all of the things I mentioned. Uh, I'm not completely caught up on the TV, uh, what we do in the shadows, but I'm in like, it's on season five now and it was season four and I'm like two thirds of the way through season four. I love Reservation Dogs. I love Our Flag Means Death. Like I don't dislike any of these things. I, But yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder, maybe that's a Marvel thing. I don't know, but that, that didn't work as well for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too much on a tangent but uh i feel like the mcu's been struggling ever since endgame and i'll just leave it at that (laughs) fair enough um speaking of being a hot commodity i looked up the cast um in their recent pictures on you know google showing the cast for the film silver foxes all the way down it's (laughs) uh (laughs) it's a little bit intimidating but uh these men look good well it's all the new zealand lifestyle i think everybody there's probably ages gracefully (laughs) <laughs> well, before I get too yeah. far, I, I think I I know I keep forgetting the the whole premise of this show is that we're ostensibly supposed to talk about the sad men in the in these movies. So who yes. are the sad men in what we do in the shadows? I mean, they're all sad, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Um, I think the not to pontificate too much, but I feel like vampires inherently are a tragic figure i think that gets mixed sometimes with the sexiness but i think maybe some of the sexiness comes from the sadness i guess that's always kind of the impression that i got but i've never been a big vampire fan you didn't love the sparkling vampires of twilight i was pretty isn't that a twilight poster right behind you oh well i'm team jacob (laughs) i don't remember but no i i was not into the uh 50 shades of gray fan fiction at all (laughs) You'll not find him on a place of our own under the title Jacob Lover 39. No, all all my erotica was a you did I you you knew about the erotica that I wrote like 10 years ago, right? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a I wrote an ebook about a uh, about a cosplay gigolo who it was a guy <laughs> who would go to uh, conventions and get paid to have sex as the partner's uh, favorite fictional character so there was a there's a luke obi-wan scene a batman wonder woman scene a tie fighter in the death star scene (laughs) um oh a captain america and tony stark scene and then a doctor who (laughs) gangbang Well, these, uh, especially that last one, could have been names for this podcast. Yeah, well, we still have time. (laughs) 
Uh, was there a question there? Did you have a question? Or oh, no, have... oh, sorry. Yeah, I hi. I on a I'm on one this episode, so I apologize to everybody. Uh, it's all tangents. Uh, so no, the the sad man and sad men in this movie. So we got uh, Taika as uh, Viago, Jermaine mm-hmm. as Vladislav, and uh, Johnny Bruff as Deacon as the initial three, and then I think it's pronounced expand. Johnny Bruff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just what I I see U G H. That's what I'm gonna. What about uh, Peter? Peter? Oh Peter? God, Peter! Yes, the, <laughs> Peter is the the silent roommate who lives in the basement, who's the uh, Nosferatu version of the vampire. Of the group. The rest of them look like just pale People? men. Yeah. But uh, Peter was a straight up Nosferatu lurking in the shadows type vampire yeah he seemed okay until he died in sunlight which maybe put it was a little bit of a bummer for him but otherwise he seemed fine but yeah yeah the three the three main guys definitely seem to have you know various uh vladislav um has his uh war with the beast who we find find out eventually is his ex-girlfriend we find out Viago has a lost love who he followed to Wellington, New Zealand. From Germany, and, right? Uh, Deacon, that... the, uh, the young... Say again? So, oh, sorry. Was... Viago, he came from Germany? Is that where he came from? I don't remember. Somewhere in that area. Yeah, Europe. Let's say Europe. Yeah. But yeah, he came to, to Wellington to follow a lost love who who uh, ended up meeting someone else in his while he was journeying there. And then we have Deacon, who I think you mentioned as we talked about a little bit before recording... Uh, is the bad boy uh, of the group. Well, he was a door-to-door salesman in, what, the 17th century who got invited in a castle and turned by a vampire? By Peter, the aforementioned Peter. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, he does kind of seem to have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, we open to them kind of having a roommate meeting about Deacon not doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see dishes covered in blood uh, all around the apartment. And so for the foppish Viago especially, this is... Uh, not a tenable way to live. And so you have that combination of sort of the supernatural, the vampire stuff, the uh, Peter, the Nosferatu, and then the mundane sort of roommate stuff of, you know, a chore wheel and having dishes to do and um, someone clearly not doing them. You know, I just thought up something about the dishes. Mm -hmm. We see in the film that they feed on humans by sucking their blood, usually biting them in in the neck or the throat. Mm-hmm. And then we do see later on one of them violently vomits blood when he eats regular food. I think he eats uh, French fries and vomits blood in the alley. If they can't eat food and they suck blood, why do they have, why dishes? Do they have dirty dishes? Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it was blood in the dishes. Um, then they, so... It should be like bowls and glasses then, you know, but there were definitely plates and saucers. And well, we whole... see Viago on a date, like bite a lady and then he hits the main artery and she like spews like a geyser maybe he like and that was going wrong he was like that did not go well maybe that was but he you know he was supposed to uh do it a little bit more refined and like use dishes when you know there was still blood trickling i can see viago like using uh using like dishes to drink blood or using like a goblin you know i i just answered my own question i realized when they bring the humans over that too that's gonna be my second thing is like, yes they, the humans they, also eat food i i don't want to steal it from me but what what do they serve the humans when they lure them into that house i heard it is biscotti i think you had a better pronunciation how, how did you spell it with a b 
Well, yes, with a B. <laughs> <laughs> Just a B. Like, only like B and then the rest is Eschetti. Uh, I, I spell, I tried to spell it phonetically. So I did B U S G E T T I, Boschetti. You're doing the accent, which I think is, I appreciate. It's, uh, it's my vampire nature. I, <laughs> actually, I I sympathize with the staying out of sunlight. I had a migraine earlier this week, and it got to the point where my significant other was like, maybe this is where vampire legends come from. People with migraines, because I was definitely <sighs> pained by sunlight and almost vomited blood. So it definitely was, uh, I can definitely see the correlation between the two now. But did you get into a gang fight with Reese Darby is the, the other question. God, I wish. I, <laughs> I have such a talent crush on Reese Darby. I think he's such a delightful human being. It would, I think it would pain us to like meet him in real life and he'd be like a major dick. He seems like a nerd. He, he, he has does. a podcast all about what mm-hmm. it, it's, they very rarely record, but it's him, a friend back in New Zealand. And I think the third host is in the UK somewhere, but they all have delightful accents. And they talk about cryptids like Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and aliens and stuff Why like the that. fuck are people listening to this podcast? <laughs> Why the not. fuck are we doing this podcast? We <laughs> no could be listening to no the listening. podcast. Yeah, listen to the cryptid factor. It comes out like once every six months now. But uh, in between, you can listen to us. And I would be, I'd be thrilled. (laughs) It's, it's a very fun show. Even if you're not into that conspiracy nonsense, they don't, it's not, it's very far away from the Q universe. So you don't have to worry about treading into those waters. It's just delightful Kiwi fun. You heard heard it here first. Reese Darby, MAGA super, uh, super supporter. Our flag means death is really a cover for, uh, for all the Q. Our hat means death. It's oh, it's a it's open waters. It's all everything's legal out there in international waters. Um, so I don't want to talk about the. I wanted to talk about the special effects in this movie too. Something I read about Flight of the Concords, which uh, which Reese Darby and uh, mm-hmm. Jermaine Clement were both in. I read an interview with them that said, like, the interviewer said, like, there's a very charming sort of like homemade do-it-yourself quality to Flight of the Concords. Oh, and sure. then I think it's Jermaine who said, like, no, we were really trying hard on all the effects in <laughs> Flight of the Concords. Uh, we were really trying our best. Um, and so I kind of got that feeling from uh, what we do in the shadows, like. It has like a charming sort of like do-it-yourself sort of quality to it. But also it really does seem like they were trying their best. Um, And I think that really works in the context of obviously a horror movie where, um, especially at the end when, you know, the the wolf, uh, werewolf gang is like turning into werewolves and like fighting the vampires. Um, And so that really worked when like the cameraman were running away and things like that. And I wanted to get your thoughts, especially as like, a real fan of horror, like what you thought about the special effects here. Oh, they're fine. I give a lot of leeway to films as long as they try. And even if they don't try, sometimes there's a charm in that. Like I, I'm a big fan of eighties horror and eighties comedy horror specifically. I'm a big fan. I actually meant to put it behind me, but I just, finally unpackaged a return to the living dead poster that I had in a crate for a year. Finally put that in a frame. But I I love the charm of kind of the D- DIY horror. And, you know, I'm going to self-plug us a little bit. You and I were part of a group that made a horror podcast last year that was very DIY. And yeah, did it sound like shit sometimes? Yes, it did. Did we do our <laughs> best? We definitely did. So, I mean, sometimes that's just how it goes. So I give a lot of leeway with that, especially for this. Like, it's not 
supposed to be cutting edge. It's supposed to be kind of janky, like whether intentional or not. I mean, it's just, it is part of the charm of the movie. Well, how do you feel about it as like an affectionate parody of like horror movies and especially sort of vampire movies? It's always interesting to see a new perspective like i said earlier i'm not a huge vampire fan but it's always kind of the the lurking in the shadows and i'm gonna i'm either gonna suck your blood or suck your dick it's always kind of like that mentality like there's always this kind of heavy handedness to it like i think a lot about the gary oldman in the bram stoker dracula that Mm -hmm. was that francis ford coppola but oh, coincidentally, I bought that this weekend. Found it used for five dollars. But I, that's kind of like I think that may have been my first real example because uh, it was one of those movies that was on our pirated cable a lot in the nineties. Uh, <laughs> and so I, it was just one of the things like you turn it on and leave it on, and then you got this Gary Oldman like just screaming all the time and mouth covered with blood and lusting after Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder and just like just super horny so it's kind of nice to see i mean that all that is in this movie yeah then also to kind of see like oh i'm a i'm a dandy former german from the 17th century or i'm a i'm a former carpathian who used to be a a great warrior and then now we're just living like schmucks in a house together i it's very humanizing yeah and I, that was like one of the themes of the movie to me was like, I think if you've seen like The Search for the Wilder People or Fly the Concords, like, I feel like New Zealand is like the little brother's little brother. Like, they've got Australia mm-hmm. sort of bullying them. And then they've got like kind of this, the rest of the English speaking world, like kind of, I don't know, maybe looking down on them if they think of them at all. And I think New Zealanders, it seems like just based on what I've experienced in media have like a, a good sense of humor about sort of their place in the world um and you see that here with like dandies and former warlords uh living in wellington which is you know the, the i think the capital of new zealand if i'm correct i think so and kind of living in this situation where their roommates and this you know again combining the mundane with the supernatural and you know kind of looking at life sort of askance in that way well definitely kind of takes the air out of those goth kids that everybody knew growing up it's like oh if i was a vampire things would be different no <laughs> it, it'd just be the same old shit you just have to do it at night instead of during the day it's uh, i think that's really kind of what this film boiled down to the issues are still the same interpersonal relationships are the same it just you know it's just more uh complicated summer goth is what you're saying yeah you know just listen to uh, uh who the band that did that, Bella Lugosi's Dead, just listening to that on repeat. Bella Lugosi's Dead. Bella Lugosi's Dead. Like, it's just listen to that for 24 hours. I was thinking of Summer Goths from uh, another good podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, and then also Portlandia, I think, when they were the Goths going to the beach. Yes, I think I remember that sketch. <laughs> sketch? Oh, God. I, I'm sorry, everybody. I can't talk today. We good English. Um <laughs> And so, like, yeah, well, I mean, Wellington seemed kind of coolish. Like, I kind of want to go to New Zealand um, and have wanted to for some time. Um, but, uh, you know, this movie was like, hey, New Zealand is a place <laughs> people can go to. And then, yeah, Murray's, like, uh, New Zealand tourism posters in Fly the Concords. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I've been under the impression it's one of those countries that has a lot of natural beauty. I've I wanted to go maybe like 15 years or so. I had a uh, an uncle who married into the family who age wise he was more comparable to a grandfather, I guess. Um, well, was it Restarby? I wish no. <laughs> Damn um, it. No, he and I were. You know, he, my aunt was a widow when I was very young. I think maybe like two or three. Then she eventually remarried a couple years later. And that's how this guy entered the scene. So he was always around when I was growing up. And he and I developed a very nice relationship. And he was a former airline pilot and traveled all over the world. And he had told me at some point that he had hiked through New Zealand. And it was uh, this gorgeous trail that you do for a couple days. And I was like, oh, man, that sounds so good. So that's that's been kind of a bucket list goal for me ever since he told me about that. So that was kind of like my first introduction to New Zealand. And now... It just seems like, the you know, it's horrible to generalize, but it just seems like the people there are just very affable. So I yeah, feel like it'd again, be a very I, pleasant place to go and I don't have to worry about learning the language so I can be a lazy American. It'd be, it'd be so nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, they speak English. Fantastic. Um, Better they, than me, I'm sure. Uh, they, uh, you know, they seem affable based on my sample size of the two members of Fly the Concords and Restarby. So <laughs> <laughs> seems great. Yeah. Um, was Be- Matt Barry in this movie? I'm confused because obviously he's in the show. Mm-hmm. And when I looked up the cast of the movie, he's listed, but they don't have a character listed. And I wonder if it's like a mistake by Google, which we know haha, Google never makes mistakes. I think it must be a mistake because I didn't see him in-, in there at all. And I love Matthew Barry. I- have you ever seen Toast of London? Uh, yes, I've seen like an episode or two because either you or someone else recommended it to me. Yeah, that, I would put money on it being me because I've been a fan of that for several years. And I have a t-shirt that says, can you hear me, Clem Fandango? Can you hear me now, Clem Fandango? Jackie so, Daytona. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, I wondered, the only character I thought he might be is the Beast's new boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that, that character had so many prosthetics. Yeah. But I feel like if you have Matt Barry in a movie, you're going to want to have them talk in such a way that you know it's obviously, him. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't notice that at all, but that'd be interesting to go back and rewatch to see if that is him to hear like his unique cadence. 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 Uh, yeah. I did a, a watch of, I hadn't watched the IT crowd before. And he's a, a gem in that one too. Yeah. I haven't watched the show, but I've watched the greatest clips of him in that show where he's entering the church screaming for his father. <laughs> speaking of the the what we do in the shadows tv show i don't want to talk about it too much because like we're not expecting people to have seen it but it does seem like uh the movie is a lot more male centric than the tv show um oh, for sure. thanks in part to natasha dimitrio i want to say dimitrio D- i think dimitrio okay none of us speak english aka fava voom but uh you get like a a much better like sort of woman's perspective with the woman being a part of like of the main group in the tv show whereas like you had jackie in this one um and she had the good line like saying if i had a penis i would have been bitten years ago mm-hmm. um, yeah that was one of the notes that i had i can't remember if this was in the movie or if it's something that i wrote because i wrote this for some reason i was very tired last night and so i have in my notes homoerotic dick biting clubs and I can't remember if that was a line in the movie or something I came up with. I'm pretty sure that was in the movie, but I think she I said wanna, something like that. I think it was her. I think it was in the context of of not being beta vampire after what was it 
four years as a familiar to mm-hmm. the Deacon character. Yeah, but that is something I, I do think the TV show, I wouldn't say corrected necessarily, but it was an element that was not in this. It was having the female element. I think that yeah. was a very smart choice. And then there's Stu, who everybody loves. Oh, Stu. I I wrote down that I would like to be a Stu in a movie, like have like three lines all together. Um, he's in it for longer than I, I remembered him being in it, but like have like a extended cameo in a movie. And that's all I really want. I had a coworker uh, when I worked at Dropbox who uh, was a an extra in one of the Star Wars special editions. And oh, he was boy. already like super cool. And then I was like, holy shit, you're the greatest man ever. <sighs> you're in you a know, Star Wars. Sometimes I regret leaving Atlanta because I feel like I could have been a background extra or it could have been like a monster because I have such freaker, freakish proportions. I'm very tall and very skinny. So I for sure could have been a zombie on Walking Dead. You could have been on Walking Dead. That was going to be uh, my thing. I saw them filming Walking Dead one day in downtown Atlanta when I was doing a law school law school internship. Um, they were filming like B-roll of like zombies like eviscerating something or somebody. Um, and it was all lasagna. So one of the, the funniest, sorry, Walking Dead. One of the funniest lines I ever sorry, heard no, in Reyes. law school is I, I worked in downtown Atlanta at the Fulton County Courthouse. And it, I forget where it was either before the show came out or they, it was while they were filming it. Because I think we did, some of my friends, co-workers and I did walk by a street where they were filming. And one of my friends said, yeah, they're filming here because it already looks post-apocalyptic. They didn't have to do anything. And I always thought, like, yeah, that's it's pretty true. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. But yeah, no, I being an extra in a film, that would be such a delightful thing. Just to, just to be like, throw it on at parties and be like, hey, guys, did you know this? And then <laughs> there you are. I mean, we could tell people we were stormtroopers in, uh, in you know, like the Mandalorian or something, because how would they know any different? They'd know. <laughs> But to actually do it, yeah, no, that would be, that'd be real. That'd be real, real. Hollywood producers, if you're listening, we are open to cameoing in your movie. Uh, the strike's still going on, so if you need us to scab, uh, <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can fly we, to We LA. already don't have careers, so. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll ruin it for everybody else just to get one, one step further. <laughs> the comedy timing for every actor in this movie was amazing. I'm used to like really good movies having a weak link and they did not really have one in this. And I think that goes to like the comedy chops of everyone who was in this and especially Taika Waititi, especially, I forgot the guy who played Stu. Every, I mean, everyone, honestly. Stuart like Stuart Rutherford. Stuart Rutherford, who has the uh, most uh, dignified name of the cast. And uh, what's this guy? Uh, Corey gonzalez Maser, Nick, like, all of them just like pitch perfect. And, and I, it, you know, this is why it's one of my favorite movies is because like everyone is firing on all cylinders. Do you know how much of it was scripted and how much was improvised? I don't, that would have been a good thing to find out. Hmm. No, I'm just curious. I, sorry. I didn't mean to put you on a spot. Be like, no, no, no. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> no, but it, that would be curious to know whether these people like with an improv, gotcha me. Im, improv background and they just did a bunch of different lines and this was kind of like the cream of the crop or that actually was scripted. Good question. I, I have no clue, but and especially like uh, Jermaine Clement and, and maybe Taika Waititi have like, you know, good improv chops and maybe also backgrounds of that. But I tried looking up and then it went to DuckDuckGo and 
DuckDuckGo is not working for me. So, oh, Duck Duck, no, thank you. Duck Duck, no. <sighs> um, listeners, write in. Tell us what you find out. Sorry, I feel like I am sucking ass today. I'm very sorry. No, you're fine. Damn it! I had a good point that I should have mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just need a second. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me today. All good. No worries. I I'll tell you on mic, but off mic. I've gone through so much podcasting in like the last like two weeks or however long it's been. Oh, while working? Yeah, while working. Yeah, it's the only thing that gets me through. I, I conceptualize it as I get paid to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need any recommendations, I can send some your way. I pro- I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm low on a uh, complete guide to everything. Like the recent ones. I've got some ones that are further back that I had listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked for a few others. Like uh, I think this week. Uh, but the cryptids one with three star. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'll blow through that in like one or two days. But yeah, there's not a ton of them, but they're they're pretty entertaining, and they're also they're not like time dependent. Like you can listen to them whenever, and it's yeah. not like you needed to listen to it in real time. Usually, did you know that Conan O'Brien's podcast? He did a reading from his Hans and Franz script that he wrote in the '90s. You know, I meant to listen to that episode and then forgot about it. So that that's worth going back for. Yeah, I listened to all three of them, sort of like. Because they were like interspersed with like the normal episodes, but I was like, I gotta listen to this. All right, I'll go back and listen to that. I think I because it's uh Kevin Neal and Dana Carvey are on the episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was meant I meant to and listen Robert to that. Smeagol. Oh, Triumph. Yes, because I think he wrote it with him or did some voices or something or both. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, well, to get back on track, I, we you probably you all probably didn't hear, but I had a small. Eh, I wasn't a meltdown, but I needed to reorient myself. I'm just not carrying it this week well not carrying it because that implies i carry it every week i just am not oh my god man i'm sorry i don't know what the fuck is wrong with me today no you're all good no um where did we leave off do you remember i don't remember all right well we just went on a tangent off off camera off or off mic we just went on a tangent off mic so there's probably some weird audio gap right there for everybody listening but I'm going through my notes right now, and an interesting thing, I we kind of alluded to it earlier, but an interesting thing about vampires is, like, they're usually portrayed as mopey and alone in castles. In this movie, it's a group of roommates, so they're doing everything in group together, and they seem relatively happy. And then that made me wonder, what is the happiness index for New Zealand? Because I feel like that's always sort of portrayed as one of the happier countries in the world. Sure. Where would Where would you guess that they rank in the rank of world happiness. My guess is pretty high, like maybe under like the Scandinavian countries, but I feel like compared to Australia or the U S or England, I don't know what Canada would be. Uh, I feel like Canada is maybe under New Zealand. My, my personal guess would be Scandinavian countries, then New Zealand, then Canada, then the rest of us garbage speaking English or <laughs> garbage speaking English speaking garbage countries. Well, I did a very cursory Google search and the little synopsis that comes up immediately under the search is New Zealand has ranked 10th happiest. Well, ugh, someone needed to edit that. New Zealand is ranked 10th happiest country in the world. According to the 2023 world happiness report ranking above Australia at 12 the U.S. at 15, and the U.K. at 19. So it's top 10. I frankly would have guessed a little higher, but top 10, not too bad. I like those odds. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it would be an improvement from where we are. I mean, we're yes, a exactly. precipitous decline down the list, but, you know, it is what it is. I'd like to see it by U.S. states. <laughs> <laughs> With yeah. Georgia and Florida coming near the bottom. Well, you know, it's a tough time for the state of Florida. That, uh, you know, until I come back on top of dolphins in the Atlantic Ocean and declare my candidacy people of florida well yeah the people of florida that aren't named in article headlines Eh. (laughs) florida man goes nuts on bath salts well that makes me think of i think both of our favorite line in the movie because if anyone's gonna fuck a sandwich it would be a floridian on bath salts (laughs) that's probably true I mean, I've got, I've got Baschetti up there. I've got, uh, they would enjoy it more if no one had fucked it. I've got Dead But Delicious. Do you think Dead is delicious? I feel like that's, I mean, I guess technically everything we eat is dead. That's true. Yeah. He was talking about his own, like, style of Vladislav, what is it, Vladislav? Yeah, Vladislav was. His style is Dead But Delicious. I did, I was going to uh, mention that the scene of Nick, the the youngest or the the vampire who turns, I guess, in the course of the movie, uh, reminded me of Tom Hardy turning into Venom in our favorite movie, favorite sad man movie, uh, Venom, <laughs> presented by Sony Studio Pictures, uh, available on any video on demand and Disney Plus. Yes, the mysterious unreleased episode. We'll see. Yeah. We'll tease it till the end of time. Or when we finally release it out of laziness. But yeah, no, now you mentioned it. There was some, you know, they even had the uh, convenience store worker freak out uh, scary face scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Venom ripped off what we do in the shadows. Well, Venom ripped off a lot of things. I'm Um, mad. I'm mad right now. Um, there was a little bit of like body horror in this, but not very much. And there's a little bit of body horror in Venom, which, you know, I wish they had done, but they had like focused more on the body horror in Venom anyway. But, um, I guess you can't really make a, and quote, this is what one of the sites I looked at described it as a block, black comedy horror mockumentary with too much body horror. Although if someone wants to like make the first body horror comedy, like, please be my guest. You know, that's... It's very interesting that you mentioned the body horror thing, because that's been a very frequent discussion the past two days in our household here. Because <laughs> uh, well, I'll give context. Just at so, the water cooler over coffee. Yes, my significant other and I said, well, tell me about some body horror, baby. No, so, <laughs> you know, you mentioned earlier that I'm a horror fan. Uh, my significant other is, I refer to her as an unofficial horror historian like she just has seen everything knows everything i thought i knew a lot about horror movies and she puts me to shame like she's just it's it's her thing and so one of the areas we've been missing out on past couple years was the the young cronenberg's two works possessor and infinity pool so we finally watched possessor the other night pronounced infinity war i wish (laughs) um it's the it's the pool that they all bathe in after the war no no that's not correct so you finally watch possessor and i had heard good things and i you know i don't want to go on a tangent about that movie but are you familiar with david cronenberg at all already yeah 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 Yeah. so you know when you hear the name cronenberg there's sort of an expectation for body horror because i i love the fly 
I love Scanners, which has a man's head explode within the first five minutes. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, Videodrome, which has some mm-hmm. special effects that are still fascinating today. And I kind of seen that people are like oh uh, i think it's brandon cronenberg uh, i think it's the son's name okay saying okay he picked up his father's mantle here we go and i was like oh great this is gonna be awesome the, the body horror is minimal like there's mm-hmm. i think there's one graphic scene where someone got stabbed with a like a fire poker thing like i never had a fire set in my house or so I don't know what the thing is. So it's the, a poke, poker. the thing you poke the, the wood at. But the, it's a poker. Yeah. And otherwise than that, other than that, there really was not anything extreme. And people and so I was like, what are we missing? And then all the reviews I read afterwards, like, oh, the body horror, body horror. It's like, there's no body horror. So it may be one of those things where I have such a different definition of what I consider body horror, because there was not, not much mangled limbs or like dangling body parts from from joints or like viscera and guts like i there's just a lot of blood to the point of being comedic but this was just like a uh, broken hose which you know given the tone of the film that's what you expect that's what you want yeah you know i think it was played up more for laughs and you really can't do body horror uh as well here and i i i tend to think of body horror as like that transformation or the like the unnatural sort of, and maybe like, yeah, viscera and like whatever is like a part. I, I haven't played Baldur's Gate three, um, and the <laughs> whole second act is like this. Um, but uh, you know, I kind of think about about it as like, oh my god, some creature has like impregnated me with its alien baby or things mm-hmm. like that. But I guess like we should all take the lessons of Brandon Cronenberg, and some of us do end up being Sofia Coppola's, but most of us end up being Brandon Cronenberg. So you know, I, I don't want to criticize him because apparently most people really like his movies. I don't, you know, I don't know what he's like as a human being, but you know, I, he's in a tough position going into the same subgenre as your dad, who's like the foremost godfather of that film. You know, those that kind of film. Apparently, he's doing all right, but I I don't blame him. I just blame the expectations that have been set by critics and other horror fans i just it i had high expectations and they weren't there so that's probably just on me as my therapist 10 years ago probably would have said um what else did we t- i had a few other notes one was just like i wanted to note that um nick's story as a baby vampire sort of you know this classic coming of age story and you see it and he's thrilled with adventure as a vampire and then he gets peter killed um, with the vampire hunter who he thinks is mm-hmm. joking to date this movie. He was like, yeah, we'll Skype. And I'm like, ha ha Skype. <laughs> and then, you know, there's like this whole sort of his journey as a vampire, as a classic kind of LGBTQ plus coming out story or coming of age story. Um, and then vampires generally, like, I think there is this uh, tradition of of the vampire story kind of being like a part of that storytelling or, or analogy for um, coming out. Neither of us are, are are part of the community except as supporters. So I don't know if we're the right ones to talk about it, but I just want to say that it showed up for me. Oh, sure. I think it's inherent. Any, any vampire story, there has to be some, there's some element of otherness to it. Yeah. And I had in my notes is the hypothetical, which I guess is not hypothetical because I'm asking you, 
but are all vampires sad and lonely? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's such an inherent part of that creature is that, and that's maybe an interesting aspect of this is that it is a group of them, but that's not inherent in and of itself unique. I, I think of back to, like I said earlier, I'm not a huge vampire fan, but my favorite vampire movie of all time is uh, Near Dark by uh, Catherine Bigelow, which I guess it's kind of hard to find. It was on Shudder a couple of years ago and I watched it and I was like, oh, this blows my mind. Uh, it's just like a, a teenage kid from like Texas or Oklahoma or something like that gets turned by a, a, a pretty young vampire. Then he's forced to join this like ragtag group of vampires that go across the Midwest in a in a giant RV, like killing people and bars and it's super graphic and it was such a unique take so um but so the group ensemble vampire is not new and i'm sure you know, oh you know it's not even the first funny vampire movie uh lest we forget dracula dead and loving it yes there's that and then <laughs> wait what's the other what's the uh shoot uh i've forgotten everyone's name i don't remember anyone's name ever Which, uh, what are you thinking there, wasn't there another vampire comedy, like an older one? Was it Mel Brooks? Oh, Mel Brooks, maybe? Well, that's Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh, is that Dracula? Well, well Eddie, Murphy, looking... Eddie Murphy did one, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sure Eddie Murphy. Uh, I'm looking, I looked up vampire comedy films. My Best Friend is a Vampire, 1987. Once Bitten, 85. Innocent Blood, 92. The Little Vampire, 2000. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I do too. Love at First Bite is 79. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Well, it, it, I don't know if it's technically a comedy, but the the Nick Cage movie, The Vampire's Kiss, uh, yes. I considered it a comedy. Well, any any Nick, uh, Nick Cage movie is a comedy if you try hard enough. I, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a comedy, but um, I think there's some debate over it. But I think if you go in blank, not knowing what to expect, you would come away thinking oh that's a very funny intentionally funny film vampire in brooklyn is the eddie murphy movie yes there we go i remember Vamps, the poster 2012 um blubberella is one which sounds not great blubberella <laughs> 2011 dracula dead and loving it no wait wasn't there a black and white or am i thinking of frankenstein is that uh the other oh, Brooks young movie? frankenstein yeah yes uh uh there's gotta be there's gotta be it's probably like from former czechoslovakia or something like that <laughs> slavic vampire comedies there's so many out there i mean that's one of the things i enjoy about the horror genre is that there's just so much out there that if you have not done your homework that you're not aware of so, so I'm, I'm always finding new things that i was like i didn't know this exists i want to love it <laughs> Uh, do you think we could be famous in New Zealand? Because it kind of seems like we could be. No, I mean, if we were from New Zealand, I think we'd have a shot. But I don't think we could just show up and be like, look at us. We're famous Americans. I think uh, I think we're a little far removed from that. What if we started like a comedy show or something? Like, do you think we could oh, work it, our way Is that what we're doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this podcast is intended to be listened to only by New Zealanders. <laughs> And this is our way of worming ourselves into your hearts uh, and into your uh, celebrity, whatever. Because I always like dream of like, what if we go to like 
Ottawa and like become famous in Ottawa. And it doesn't have to be anything beyond like the province. And I think I wondered watching this movie, could we become famous New Zealanders? No, I think, I think <laughs> just the fact that we're, we're from the States automatically precludes us. Although have you ever watched any of those um, big fat quiz of the year that they have in the UK? Have you ever watched those? No, I don't think so. So like I will try to watch them around New Year's day. They do like a, like an annual quiz year and review type trivia tv show and it's usually mm. uk celebrities and i'm lucky if i know any of them but there, every so often there's a random american who everybody seems to love it's like someone who's big in the uk and i have no idea who they are but they're from the states so yeah well i guess it Warner is possible in japan like you see someone like how did this talentless for like foreign person become a celebrity in japan and then also um, I don't know if you've watched a lot of like MasterChef, but uh, my wife was like super into it. And we'd watch like the Australian one and the British one and the like they never have the judges you think they'd have. Like Gordon Ramsay is one of the judges in the American one. And then the British one, I think, had like American and French judges. And the Australian one had British and American judges. And it's like these people are so objectionable that like they can't be celebrities in their own country. And so they're celebrities in another country. And so that was my feeling. That was my sort of path to uh, stardom is find a place where uh, our stupid accents are useful rather than normal. Maybe we should just go to like the Canary Islands or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I I could go to a, some small island like that and I'd be become a celebrity and be like, oh, there's that tall freak looking guy. <laughs> so, I mean, that that may be my highest aspirations in life right now. One other question that I had as the movie went on when they brought those victims into the house and presented them with the Bischetti as a camera crew who's filming this, do you think you have an obligation to like help people or save people? Or is it just like, we're going to watch whatever happens? You know, I'm, I will say I am not a fan of reality TV in real life. Like I, I, I won't go on a diatribe. I'll just say, I don't like reality TV. I'm sure we have to pad this episode so you could diatribe all you want. <laughs> However, the aforementioned horror expert that lives in this house uh, also uses reality TV as a means of decompression, and I don't fault her for that. And there was an incident she relayed to me recently on one of the seasons of Below Deck where there was a potential sexual assault about to happen. And the production crew intervened and stopped it. So, yes, I I think in a real world scenario, yes, uh, morally, if you have the ability to intervene and prevent a crime, yes, definitely. Did I enjoy the fact that they just watched these poor, these poor people scramble through a, for all intents and purposes, a haunted house, uh, knowing that they were going to die and they were going to film it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, pretty, it was one of the better sequences of the movie. It was that was like a legitimately scary part. Well, I, I would say I, legitimately I was, scary, maybe, but it, it feels in a different context. It would be a very much more intense scene. If you change the music to it, it would be scary. I was thinking of uh, Michael Scott when he when they dumbed him down so much that they couldn't do anything else. He forgot. He got left at a gas station and couldn't find his way back to the titular office. Um, <laughs> should the camera crew following him around have helped him? get back to the office rather than wandering around the city he was born in. 
No, I mean, it, it's Scranton. I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what's, what's the worst thing. Yeah, I mean, it's middle of the day. It's good content. You know, nothing's... <laughs> what is he going to do? Michael Scott's not going to bite anybody. I mean, they really should have done the American version of what we do in the shadows, not in New York, but in Scranton, Pennsylvania. No, that would... Well... <laughs> you know... Well, I was going to say they should have a Dwight crossover, but uh, Colin Robinson was in the office, the, that actor. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. It doesn't preclude it. Like, you could still, they could be different uh, different characters. Yeah, that's true. He might have died. It's been a long time since the office was well, on. What city would you like to see uh, what we do in the shadow scenario? If there was going to be like satellite episodes, where would you like to see it? Uh, that's a good question i was thinking about this question and i actually removed it from my list but like i was thinking are there other cultures you could have this movie in and i kind of thought about it outside like the english speaking world i don't know if like irony is like a big enough component of the humor to like mm. actually make it fly like i thought about like a south asian you know vampires but i think you couldn't make that funny because people wouldn't get the humor i don't think uh but like of like what would you say it wouldn't be funny would not be funny to Western sensibilities or like not even to the native cultures? I think well, if you made it like this or like the TV show, it wouldn't be funny to the native cultures. It, it would be it might be funny to us. I don't know, maybe, but mm-hmm. um I think it hard it would be hard to like make this kind of movie because you know, like this ironic, like postmodern sense of humor type of thing isn't like you know if you're like a a, a developing nation it's not a huge part of like i guess your ethos maybe or that's the mm-hmm. impression i get from like south asia admittedly being you know somewhat outside the uh whatever but like american city is like i kind of think scranton would be a good idea now that is is new zealand the scranton of the english-speaking world maybe tacoma like outside of like seattle but mm. um something where you feel like you know, it's it's like people who like I lived in London and I was a uh, account until I was bitten by a vampire and then mm-hmm. moved to somewhere shitty. I don't even think what we do in the shadows of the TV show makes that much of the New York like setting. A lot of it's in the house and like my favorite episode and I think a lot of people's favorite episode, Jackie Daytona. Oh, he's yes. like yeah, Midwest or something. Like he's driven way uh, far away from. Well, he's in Pennsylvania now. You mentioned it. Because remember, he says, "Oh, is he?" It sounded like Transylvania, so I went to oh, the okay. well, state, Pennsylvania. Yes, yeah, perfect. And so, um, from via Tucson, Arizona. That's that's why I was thinking, uh, not Midwest, but Southwest. Like, but yeah, there's our there's our off Dwight. You know what we do in the shadows crossover, but I don't know what 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 city would you think vampires would? I mean, it's just it's a Homer answer, but I would like to see vampires in Miami. <laughs> um but or maybe Blade. Bo- boca maybe boca Raton? Like... oh blade and boca there we go <laughs> uh which reminds me of the joke that you can't dress up as wesley's or blade he's a he's a vampire hunter but vampires love wesley snipes so <laughs> oh i want to reference on it but i don't want to give it away uh i will just say much like wesley snipes vampires also don't pay taxes so <laughs> you know, I watched Blade for the first time yesterday. Uh huh. Apropos nothing, just we watched it. I never seen it before. It's a pretty solid it? movie. Is it okay? Have, have I, they made seen? a lot of them, so you have to think at least the first one has to be like pretty decent. Yeah, it had good pacing, pretty good action sequence. It got to the point. I 
I started questioning how much Blade influenced the Matrix. Like that. Wow. Yeah. Praise. Yeah, because I thought I just assumed naturally, like, oh, they took a lot of elements from the Matrix. And my, my no, partner, no, no, my friend, my partner was like, I don't know. She's like, I think this came out in '97 or '98. I said, well, Matrix came out in 99. So we looked it up. Sure enough, Blade came out first. And I was like, man, did the Wachowskis rip off Blade? And I didn't know it after all these years. I was not into Marvel horror comics, but I did get into Blade in Marvel's Midnight Suns game. You mean you didn't love Morbius? Living <laughs> vampire? Well, he's an exception because he's the greatest. It's Morbin time. <laughs> Prove to me that's not in the movie. <laughs> that should be another movie we do on on podcast on video i, I don't know man <laughs> yeah you know. can't you couldn't can't get through it jared leto sweeten the pot you know speaking of jared leto i was going to bring this up whenever it came out on streaming but the new haunted mansion movie that may have to be like a bonus episode at some point yeah we have i mean we definitely have to do that for sure yeah my like final like question question for you is what classic movie monster would you like to be in today's society <sighs> you know i i it's funny because I was trying to formulate this kind of question for you and I couldn't find a way of articulating it, which I guess I was just overthinking it. I based it on, on your previous questions on previous episodes. So hmm. have you, were you ever a vampire kid? I'm assuming no, not really. Yeah. No, it never appealed to me. Um, I kind of hung out with some goth kids cause they were into anime and I was also into anime, but like, sure. I never like made that jump over into goth, which now looking at uh goth ladies uh seems like it was a mistake but yeah, what can you do what, what's the, <laughs> what's the acronym uh btgg is that it uh yes i think we might have to cut some of that yeah no so i mean we all had goth friends growing up i had i had a like a borderline goth friend like really into death metal type stuff in high school in florida yeah i mean they're, I, feel, they're... I feel for i feel for those southern goths yeah, I mean, wearing... Those were not pleasant summers, I'm sure. That he, he must have been terrible. But, I mean, we all had questionable clothing choices in the late <laughs> 90s, early 2000s. So, you can't blame... The cargo short at least keeps you cool in the summer. <laughs> cargo shorts never keep you cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I don't know, I kind of... I, I, I'm good for maybe one an episode. Um <laughs> All right, so what are the options? There's there's vampire, there's werewolf. I, I put those. I put zombie. I put mommy. Zombie. I put Frankenstein. Uh, Frankenstein's monster. I specified in my notes. Um, uh, well, that's just showing Doctor Frankenstein respect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess warlocks would be the witches, the the male equivalent of of witches. I'm trying to think Are, if there's anybody else. In do you the... think they qualify as monsters? I guess they can act, act monstrous, but I don't consider them monsters in that they're still fully human. Yeah, that's true. They were invited to the the ball. Um, yeah, the, the unholy movie. masquerade. I, yes, I wanted exactly. to make sure we reference that at some point before <laughs> signing off. Um, so they were in it. Um, there was more stuff, like, again, playing Baldur's Gate. There's a lot of, like, horror-adjacent sort of, like, mm -hmm. monster people or monster things, but... I mean, you get like ogre. I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting to run out of of uh, classic monsters. I should have watched. Oh, oh, sorry. What? Watched... I was gonna say we should have watched Hotel Transylvania before this. Oh yeah. Just get vaca... just to get some vacation ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think I'd probably go with the, I would, if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose a werewolf. Cause I feel like for the most part, you maintain your normal life. Mm-hmm. If you prepare, you can take precautions. So you don't necessarily have to hurt anybody if you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, you got the fun werewolf, not werewolves. So mm-hmm. you got, you know, you got a fun kickball name if you need it. Yeah, I guess I'd go with a werewolf. I just feel like that's kind of the least intrusive into my everyday life. But then it also but has the some pants you know, budget is so high. Yeah, you just take them off. Okay. If you're enough. a werewolf, you know, you should, I mean, I don't know, depending on how Kim things are down there, you, it's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, I don't know. We might have to, to bleep this just given Apple's like whatever policies, but hanging dog. <laughs> we just put the e explicit next to the. I mean, that has to be there anywhere because I think we drop a couple f bombs anyway. So I mean, we have to. We could bleep them out, but I guess who cares? Yeah, children don't listen to this. You know, just uh, if you're a child listening to this, you are obviously sophisticated already. So congratulations, and you're super cool. Or not cool? I'm not sure Probably. how it works anymore. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not if they're listening to this. But you know, whatever yeah. you tell yourself. We like you. Yeah, we like you. Werewolf seems like a good... I also thought Warlock, because you aren't, like, transformed into something, you could, like, go about your daily life in, like, a fairly normal fashion, which knocked out Mummy, knocked out Zombie, knocked out Frankenstein's monster, sort of knocks out Vampire, but they do seem like sad boys. So even even Edward and Jacob, are, they were sad about sparkling in the sun and living 2,000 years and dating high schoolers, so... And you can still go to the movies. I think that was a big, well, I don't know if it was a big part, but I think that's something that Brad Pitt's vampire did in interview with the vampire. But people ask you about Ted, uh, Ted Cruz, about Tom Cruise. Um, Ted Cruz ate my children. So. Ted Cruz, Tom Cruise, both going to lose. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. And for an introvert like me, like that might be like, I basically live a vampire's life now already. Yeah. If I didn't have to walk the dog every day, I don't know how much sun exposure I would get. Um, uh, I guess the only real difference would be like having to like drain people of their blood. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's another aspect of it. If you're a werewolf, you can still kind of eat normally. That's true. Yeah, that's that's a big joy of life. I feel like that's something that gets hammered home in with all the vampire stuff. It's like you eat and drink blood, and you can't eat a French fry without puking blood. Like, where's the joy in that? Yeah, that's true. I would miss French fries. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. What about um, like a what? What are they called? Like skinwalkers? Like, have you, are you familiar with that at all? Uh, are they the people who change bodies? Yeah, they can like supposedly transform into animals and different humans or something like that. I was I was gonna call them druids. Um, again, because I'm playing Baldur's Gate, and hmm. you can be a druid that changes into various creatures. Um. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fine, I guess. Um, I feel like the horror twist would have to be like, you take over somebody's bo- some someone else's body and that's it. Like, they're gone. Hmm. I wonder if your dong would fall off. <laughs> like, each time you change, it'd be like, I think I can... Hmm. Regrow your dong? Like... Yeah, that'd be traumatic enough to not want to yeah, do it very often. But everything else would be, like, unless, like, uh, I don't know, you transfer into, like, like a wolf or something and then well you know did you ever read that virginia wolf novel orlando where the character 
switches back and forth between uh, a male character and a female character. No, I have not. Uh, it's a good book. It really should. It's one of those books I'm surprised hasn't had a resurgence in recent years. And that that's like a a, a very literate version of a skinwalker, I guess, but not really. It's just they wake up and they've changed gender, and then they live that way for like a couple decades, and then they wake up and then they're the other gender. Huh. I don't know. I'm just kind of. I'm spitballing. It's jazz. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-
ruins memory recall, but I've done what, I don't lot, eat smoke. So, um, it's a secondhand Colorado smoke, buddy. I'm just got a secondhand high. Quick, all give day, me the name of a vampire uh, nightclub. 20, 520, <laughs> 80, 5280, mile high all day, every day. Yay, yay. Uh, quick, give me the name of a vampire nightclub and a fast food place. Oh, Go. God. I had, I was, is whatever I referenced earlier, but the, the, the homoerotic dick sucking club that the, <laughs> the, the familiar mentioned. Uh, oh man. Okay. A vampire club and a vampire fast food. Sure. I just, hmm. I'm just trying to do Colin mockery and like, uh, what we, what we, uh, what we do in the shadows. All the points are made up and none of it matters. Oh man. Okay. Uh, I feel like a vampire nightclub, I'll say Glisten. <laughs> nice. I feel, like, I feel like they're always kind of shiny and it kind of conjures the image of like very dark uh, crimson blood, like with light reflecting off it. Um, also it has like that kind of like sexy body appeal, like, ooh, we're going to be sweaty and glistening, baby. You it's know, like so, Jermaine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, vampire fast food. He was a 16-year-old, you know. Is it, I can't remember if it was from a TV show or if it's like sucking blow. I feel like that's a <laughs> like an old that's like an old-timey uh fast food name that people did not were too innocent to realize the connotation of that name. Is that a Simpsons? It's yeah. gotta it's gotta be. <laughs> All of our humor is essentially pretty much Simpsons right. seasons one through eight. So um oh boy, I really want to come up with a good answer for this. See, they, they, I guess it just, you have to call it bites, I guess. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I, I forgot what I was, when I shouted it out, but I was going to say Vampire Nightclub and a rap song, go. And that would be like the Colin Mockery, what we do in the shadows. Like, Vampire rap song. Um, hmm. I'm trying to not fall on like old standbys with like, oh, I, I suck, but I don't blow, you know, something like that. <laughs> I mean, I, you could make a party anthem just being like up all night, every night. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's some good. LMAFO, like we're up all night, every night. We're up all night, every night. Like just keep repeating that over and over and just have a good beat underneath. So no one notices that the lyrics suck. Sounds more like EDM, but I'll take it. I don't know. I'm... <laughs> um, Sadly, no, I... I used to be a music critic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something Little Nas X, but I didn't have a specific saga vibe. So, no, but to answer your question, um, I do feel like the end of, like, I think it was season three, like, it got a little bit, like, flanderized. But I think they've also, like, worked hard to not, like, you could have, like, 50 Jackie Daytona episodes because, like, people fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Um and they didn't. They didn't go back to that well. And I think that was like a really, um, or as far as I know, I, you know, I'm not completely caught up yet, but they haven't done it as far as I know. And so I feel like they're doing their best to avoid flanderizing the characters. And then, mm. you know, crush on Nadia. So there's that too. So I guess soft, soft TV show preference, I would say. I, after watching it, I remember loving this movie. I still really enjoy it. I bought it for our record. I'm still glad I own it. I'm still going to watch it in the future. But there were a few times while watching, I was like, oh, I don't like this as much as the TV show anymore. 
So I ruined it for you. It, it kind of did, but it's just so it's such a different ball game. But I think just it's so much more material, and it's yeah. so much easier to have a, a half hour episode just be like hit after hit after hit as far as like comedy gold. And you know, the most recent season just ended at the time of this recording. I'm caught up. It, it, I feel like it's maybe diminished a little bit but it's still one of if not my favorite show on tv so i don't want it to go anywhere but at the same time i am a little nervous about the future of the show but you know that's why i felt because i feel like uh taiki watiti and uh uh clement both like left after season three and so i was really worried that like it's gonna go off the rails um but i will say like I've been worried about Bob's Burgers and I think there was like a dip in the, you know, like maybe 10th, 11th, 12th seasons, but like they really sort of came back. And so I don't feel as like, I feel like TV shows can avoid it, but I'm glad like, you know, Reservation Dogs, for example, is ending this season. So I'm glad like that's going to be over. And I hope they, they let uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV show kind of go out with dignity rather than kind of, you know, uh, just, bear or you know drill it into the ground i will say also like something that struck me when we when i rewatched the movie was there's a lot of like the archetypes are very similar from the tv show and the movie mm-hmm. and so like spending time with those tv characters um you do feel like like um you know vladislav in in the movie has like a pretty um uh kind of you know straight analog in uh what's his face you're right. There, there are two instances that are pretty much one-to-one comparisons where you have the the former warrior sexual being and then the dandy European who's very sophisticated. So, Well, three, if you count Jackie and Guillermo. Yeah, Jackie was so so little used in the movie, though. Yeah. That, I mean, aside from being a familiar, there was, I feel like there wasn't a... Well, the, yeah, no, you're right. The ja- the familiar story. We just had more time, I think, with Guillermo to like. See yeah, them. the characters aren't similar, but their stories aren't nearly identical. Where they've been familiar for a couple of years and still haven't been turned. So yeah, you're you're right about that. Hmm. Hmm. Should yeah. we just turn this into a what we do in the shadows TV show podcast? Oh, absolutely. Hey, again, Patreon episode, bonus content, or whatever. Um, I also I I was gonna say that uh. What was I gonna say? Yeah, you like in a in a half hour TV show, like you could have like a weirdo episode, like Jackie Daytona or whatever, uh, or spin off with one of the characters and like spend time with them. Or I know in that, I think third or fourth season, um, third season, when uh, Matt Berry and um, uh, uh, Colin, Colin Robinson. Colin Robinson. I was going to say Mockery again. Uh, Colin Robinson's characters, like, they go off on their own for, like, two episodes or three episodes. And, like, mm-hmm. you can't do that in the movie because, like, you know, you've only got two hours to, like, kind of tell the story. So um, I do feel like we get more, uh, you know, they become our friends a little bit more. Our, our oh, sure. sucking you know, 80s vampire friends. Yeah. You know, and going back to what you were saying earlier, I think culturally there's probably going to be more things we hit on where neither one of us are New Yorkers, but you know, Staten Island is sort of a stand-in for just American suburbs, so <laughs> we can definitely have some relation to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we don't... Uh, New Zealanders, tell us your jokes. Uh, tell us your in-jokes. 
I want to be a part of them. I think Don does too. Yeah, just tell me any joke. It doesn't yeah. even have to be specific to being a, a Kiwi. Just, just Are you from New Zealand and have a joke? I'd love to hear it. Send it uh, to us, please. Speaking of which, I finally remembered the podcast email address this time. It's cheeruppuddypod at gmail.com. So if you want to contact either of us or both of us or... Well, no, don't spam us. Fuck you if you spam us. But you can reach us at cheeruppuddypod at gmail.com. Tell us jokes. Send us jokes. Yes. Well, I think for now, it may be time for us to do our dark bidding on the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know I try to always loop this back around to the, the sad man pretense. So I'll I'll close it out with for myself with this. Don't be a vampire. Be a stew. S-T-U, not at S-T-E-W. No one, you're not helping anybody if you turn yourself into a stew. I mean, you're helping vampires if you turn yourself into a stew. <laughs> but they can't eat it. It's just, they can't just drink the blood. They oh, yeah, drink the so. blood. Fine, fine. What's the deal with blood drinking? <laughs> Bye, everybody. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.